Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... Uh... I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you, you, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. Daniel Bard. There's Saltalamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. In the here and the now, the Rangers, they are going to be buyers. They've already been buyers. They got Araldus Chapman just the other day. They are in first place in the West, two games up on Houston coming out of the break. Chris Young, first time GM making moves, making it clear we are going to be buyers. And why wouldn't you be? I mean, you're in first place. So got two guys with the Rangers that I wanted to talk to, all-stars, Nathan Avaldi and Marcus Simeon. First guy is going to be Nathan Avaldi. Avaldi was obviously part of a trade deadline deal with the Red Sox in 2018. He went from the Rays to the Red Sox, and he gives that sort of perspective of what it's like to go to a new team where you don't know anyone, you want to make a good impression, and you want to fit in, and you want you do not want to derail things, something that was really good that made them be in the position to trade for someone like Gavaldi. Also, he was part of a team last year where they're caught in the middle, and he doesn't get traded. What's that like? So Avaldi now with the Rangers, going to be buyers. He offers a really, really good look into many, many different facets of the trade deadline, having gone through all of these. Here's Evaldi. So you've been on all kinds of different sides of the trade deadline. Um, no, this is different. Yeah, this, hey, we talked about this I'm just wondering, the, the, more, of a general, more of a general thing about the feelings that you get when a team and I know, like, you know, obviously we, we can go back that you weren't traded last year and how that worked out for the Red Sox, whatever. But just the, the overall feeling that a team has when they add something. I mean, I think especially if you add the right pieces, it can be a huge, you know, a boost for the team, you know, especially uh, you, know, you get a high high leverage guy, you, know, you get another starting pitcher, you get a guy who's had a great year and they're, they're going to impact the team immediately. You get real excited about that. Sometimes, you know, I have those trades where you question, but you got to just see how it plays out. Um, you know what I mean? You, most of the time, you just don't want to lose a good clubhouse anymore. You know, I think those are the toughest ones, the guys that you feel like are impactful to the team and you trade them away for something else. 
I think that's where it becomes a little challenging for the guys to kind of just realize. But again, like, it doesn't matter who it is. They come over there and they make an impact on the team. They're going to fit in right away, and it's going to be good for the team. That's a great point. Like, uh, like and obviously, front offices try to do research and the due diligence, but you don't know. You don't yeah, know until they drop it. Like, Shorber for you guys, see, oh, there's a good fit. But you don't really know until you get there. Yeah, I mean, and even with Schwarber, people forget, you know, he was hurt when we got him. So right. it's like we're picking up a guy who's hurt and kind of question the fact. It's like, well, how bad is his injury and things like that. But, you know, Schwarber had a great work ethic. And like you said, he was a great. But you guys don't know that. You're like, yeah. we got a guy with yeah. a bad hamstring. Exactly. When he came over there, he worked hard great teammate you know he was there for us as if he had been there for years and uh you know the impact that he had on the field was a huge team lift you've all guys already made a move and you know it's like an elite reliever mm-hmm. and so now but now it's okay first of all does that feel like okay here we go front office believes in us why wouldn't they believe it but and, but now it's like okay now we know what the path they're going to take and the next couple of weeks are going to be like potentially encouraging because that we've already had a dose of encouragement no yeah and, and, and again you always want to be like you always want to feel like you're the team that's going to strike first and we went out there we picked up Aroldis and obviously the impact he's had on every team he's been a part of um, you know the elite farm that he is coming out of the bullpen the impact that he has on a team uh, you know he brings that intimidation factor and uh, the bullpen was one of our needs at the beginning of the season and he's going to impact any, any team that he joins so for us to go out there and strike first kind of get him you know it shows the shows us that the front office believes in us and believes in the talent that we have in the club and they're trying to make the team better. And the last thing is, when you were in 2018 and you were the guy, right, you going in, do you, do you, I don't want to say walk on eggshells, but do you say, okay, I'm going to have to prove myself, I'm going to have to, you probably know a couple guys, but still, like, and you did prove yourself, but do you have to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fit in? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think back on the team. Uh, I don't think I previously played with really any of the guys. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so that's even weirder. Over, yeah, so when I came over there, it's, you know, I didn't really know too many of them, but I had a few guys who would reach out right away and just welcome in, you know what I mean? And, uh, fortunately for me, I had two really good starts to begin my tenure over there, so uh, that always helps out when you can start off on a good note, and you know, I felt like I was wanted with the team right away. I mean, obviously, I knew the talent and everything that we had with the organization and, you know, the place where we were in and what the main focus was and was who got through the World Series. But you had to find a place to live and you had to, like, meet new people and, yeah. you know, the I mean, best way to do all that is to throw two eight-inning shutouts. Yeah. No, I mean, definitely, like I said, I was very thankful for the outings and stuff that I had. Uh, I remember just, you know, Sandy Leon being one of the first guys, like, coming down there and catching my bullpen, you know, and for me to have be able to work with the catcher like that, he comes down there right away, gets to know my stuff, you know, already like, trying to help me out, uh, you know, pitch mixes and things like that, and I think I threw to him my first two starts, so uh, for us to have that impact, it, you know, you create those everlasting friendships and um, the things that we were able to do over there, it's been, you know, that's what you want to do every year. All right, as I said, another Rangers guy that I wanted to talk to, Marcus Simeon. We just talked to him the other day. We're going to talk to him again. Now, Marcus has been traded in the offseason, and he's never been in a postseason. But he's he is a guy that played for the A's, played for some Rangers teams, and always, always, usually a team that are a case where he was going to be on a team that was going to be sellers. Now he's on the Rangers. He is going for the postseason. He, he, he is going to be on a team that's going to be buyers, as we've already documented with the Evaldi conversation. So he gives the perspective of a new guy to this situation who is also has lived his major league life pretty much 
as a as a guy that has had to deal with well we're going to sell off this guy we're going to sell off that guy and we're going to we're going to make the rich rich and we're going to make the poor poor but Marcus I mean always good to talk to you. here he is so obviously this this as we get through the all-star break this couple of weeks are a little chaotic um just take me from your experience of what it's been like from from either side of the trade deadline yeah, I mean, um, no, no, like in your, say like, last year, you know, we kind of were right in the middle. You know, we had talent in the room, but we weren't necessarily at the top of the uh, standings. But we kind of just held our ground. Um, in years, my early years in Oakland, we traded away some of our you know, veteran leaders, Sonny Gray, um, Sean Doolittle, Ryan Madsen. But got some talent in return, so it's always bittersweet. But you always hope to be in first place no matter what and have your team adding. Um, and that's, it looks Thank like that's where the Rangers are right would now. Would you rather be good? So, but from the Oakland side, like you, people are like, you know, okay, this guy's going to get traded, that guy's going to be traded. And I, I don't know if it's uneasy or just sort of like this is how it is. I don't, I don't know, like, especially as a younger player, was it like, oh, man, this is weird? Well, I think now it's a different time because, uh, you know, the way the playoff, playoff format is, there's a lot more teams that are in it holding the ground and um, they look at you know, what prospects are being asked for and maybe it's too expensive at the time. So um, off-season is you know, diff- a definitely a trade time as well, but in-season it gets tough now with a lot of teams being in the end. Well, and the last thing is sort of like you said, right now the perception is that you, know, you guys all have already sort of traded for someone and gone down that road, but is it an excitement? And how much How much um, juice does that give you when, when you do get a guy like you got Chapman and, and other guys will probably be at it. How much is that? Like, okay, the, the front office believes in us. Let's go. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it, you just want to make sure those players that come in feel comfortable right away. I think that that's it's a tough thing to switch teams mid-year. It's a tough team to you know be a new guy in the beginning of the year too. So I can't even imagine. Uh, I've never been traded in the middle of the year, but you know, for us, we've already made Aroldis feel comfortable, and uh, we hope to have him at the back end winning games.